Hello, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, what if I told you that you possessed a key? The key could unlock the door to places in your life where you felt stuck and get you moving on those things and that you already possessed this key. We're going to talk about that today. Would you use that key? It is called free will. But first, hey, Scotty. Call me Snake. So do I have free will? I'm, I'm not sure on this. Yeah, we all have free will. We'll talk, you'll listen and we'll okay. talk about Even it. Even though I end. live with three <laughs> females? Maybe less free will than okay. other people. I'm just checking. Can I, I talk about that? Not okay. everybody has the same choices that other people have, right. for sure. Because we do have a five-year-old. We do have an 11-year-old. Well, I have very little free will. You're right. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's true. All right. I'm just, I'm just checking. No, we don't. Not on everything. All right. That's for but sure. We'll, we'll find out if, if we do or not. Um, well, speaking of free will, I've been noticing that you have kind of been like scurrying <laughs> off. So like, it, you know, usually I do the scurrying off, you know, like mid conversation. Yeah, like I scurry. Yeah, you scurry. So, yes. you know, I'll just be like sitting there. I'll be talking to you. So how was your day? What do you, yeah. what do you think we need to do for the business? You know, I'll take a sip of my coffee and then I'll look to my right and you, you know, where you were sitting and you'd be gone. It's like poof. Yeah. It's like, wait, where are you? It's like the indigoist. It's indigoisting, right. <laughs> so... And then I'll kind of like be like, huh? Wasn't she just there? I was talking to her, right? Because sometimes I do talk to myself. Maybe I got confused. Sure. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But then I'll go upstairs and I'll notice that you're watching this show. Yes. Okay. The show is called Selling Malibu. What Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset. On Netflix. On Net- okay, on Netflix. Oh, I've so never good. watched an episode. It's so good. But this is like. But you walk in and criticize it. Yes. Like you walk in, you're like, they're so short. Well, I thought they'd be taller. <laughs> it's true. That, that, I mean, the, so selling sunset, I just did an IG post about this right. on Instagram where I did all the colors of the characters. It is such a good, like, I don't, you know what it reminds me of? It's kind of like, like, I guess I'm a 39 year old woman and I, I used to play Barbies like when I was a kid and well, this show is like, recently. Right. Until you got I, that therapist. I caught, that was the other story. I didn't want to go with that story about how I caught you playing Barbies. Yeah. But like, we'll just stick to the silent okay. sunset. I love when you tease me relentlessly during like me trying to do stuff. No like, it doesn't throw me off or anything. No, no. Keep going. Keep okay. going. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm like, the show is very, it, it's been really addictive. It's been good. Okay. So let me get, I, I have nothing. I really don't know anything about the show. All I know is that I thought those guys would be taller. And um, so what is this? nonsense about um i guess it's just like real estate agents selling like really expensive pieces of property and stuff like that in that area in, but like I, it was i think and i read this i think jason said it like one of the twins jason the okay. green purple one i think he's the one that said this that he regretted signing up for the show because he thought it would be more about real estate like you watch that million dollar listing like you yes you that, was, that wasn't bad deny it sometimes but yeah you do watch that wasn't it bad. That's but it, bad. that's even more that has way more real estate stuff in it than even this show does like okay. they walk into like these beautiful completely perfect houses and then they get sold for millions of dollars and they and they don't really go through they like lightly show you the hashing out of it okay not like in depth but it's mostly like these women and they're dressed to the nines and they're very um you know all their dynamics and stuff like that so but you know yeah yeah all right so let me get okay so you got these two twins Mm -hmm. and that's what are those guys names brett and jason brett and jason brett what color is he the oppenheim brothers so brett 
he's interesting because he's the twin that he's green, but he's like blue indigo. So he's okay. like a mix. Okay. Which the Mystic Michaela spiritual family named Blue Digo. Blue Digo. Because there's okay. like it's a whole shade of aura. Got it. So he's like a blue. So he's more deep. Like so he's interesting to me. And then his brother, Jason, he's green purple. Like he's more all about the business. And, right. And like he's a little scary when he negotiates and stuff. Like you can tell he's like. Um, not one to be messed with. Okay. Like that is, guy. Is one uh, taller than the other? I don't know. Or are there is twins Brent in their taller? same height? I don't know. Like, I, I, I forget. I think one slightly. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Does their height impact their aura color? I, so here's my thing about tallness in men. I personally, maybe because my dad's short or something, like I love tall I don't mind like short guys. Like it, like that never was an issue for me. Right. So I know that, but I know that a lot of women, because like I have friends and like I hear people talk, they will not date short guys. It's like an absolute non-negotiable for them. And like the taller you are, the harder it is to find guys taller than you. Okay. But like, so I feel like if, especially if you're sensitive, if you're a sensitive person like Brett, that's definitely going to affect your aura a little bit. You're oh, going to get oh, more closed okay. off or something. Interesting. And it's it's interesting that they're both single, you know, especially yeah. Brett because he he feels like very deep and very connected and and has that ability. But I can see like where that constant rejection his whole life has got to have done something to him. And then his brother feels like he goes opposite. So like, I think we talk about like short man syndrome or stuff like that. Like he's got tons of money. You can tell he's very flashy, cashy. You know, you can tell he's very much like, I'm going to keep you at a distance first. Like, you know, that they're all joking with him about his relationships and stuff. So I feel like that must've impacted him. You know, that, that feeling of rejection from women over the years. Sure. And, and that's a, that's a thing. And I feel like tall women go through that too. Now, do these two, Brothers, Brett and Jason, do they try to uh, date the real estate agents that they hire? So uh, Jason and Mary, who's the yellow blue one. I think you were watching one day and you're like, she looks nice. Mary. Yeah, Mary. They dated for like a little bit, but like they're best friends. Now, okay. So, but did they, is this like... I think, I think she dated Jason, yeah. Okay, we're, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, our assistant, get yes, on that. get on that, producer. Uh, bring me that quickly. whiskey as well. <laughs> Seems like we're in for a wild ride here. <laughs> All right, so we have Mary, and then there's... Who else is on? Who are the other? The so race? then there's... um. Okay, so the big drama was Chrishell, who's pink and blue. That's a name? Yeah, her name's Chrishell. That's not a name, is it? She's from St. Louis, and I feel like... Chrishell? I feel like kind of like around that area, that, that is a name. That is a name. Scott. Yeah. Okay. So it's Chrishell. Yeah, she's very Chris sweet. Chrishell. Like Chris. It's like it's seashell, like, but Chrishell. That's right. Okay. That's how you can pronounce it. We'll write okay. it out for you. Okay. Yeah, phonetically. Got it. She's pink and blue. Pink and blue. Wow. Or a unicorn. Like, yes. how often do you hear me say that? Never. And she was dating this guy. Was, oh my God. She was married to this, the, one of the main actors from This Is Us, which you've never watched. I never but watched I watched it. one season and I had to stop because it was. I cried. It was ugly crying the whole time. It wasn't good for me. So anyway, so he just, on the show, texted her, we're getting a divorce that he filed. Like, on the show? Well, it happened while she was filming. Okay. And, like, so she totally blindsided her. And everyone's big question is, like, come on, she must have known. She must have known. She must have known. And, like, so some of the girls were really pushing her. And then, so the big question I've been getting is, like, do you think she knew? Or, like, like, what really happened between them? What's going on? Is he cheating? Like, what happened? I, this is what I feel like is happening. This is what okay. I feel like is happening. I don't know, but this is what I feel. Okay. Um, I feel like her husband 
who's named Justin, right? I think his name's Justin. This is Justin Bieber we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. No, it's Justin from This Is Us. Again, producers, uh-huh. get get the names for us, please. Okay, yeah. yes. Come on. Jenny, <laughs> get that. Come on. Get those names. He um he plays his character, and you know how you always say like actors are the same person probably in real life? Yes. Okay. So he acted just like his flipping character okay. on This Is Us. Like he totally did a purple bomb and wow. left her. And I feel like it had been building, 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 building because he didn't, they didn't get married when he was like super famous or anything. Like that happened during their marriage. Okay. And I feel like she's pink and pink people will choose to, they'll choose what they want to see. So being optimist, they're like, no, we're in love. This is great. And I feel like it built and built and built and she was probably denying it a lot. And then he just like purple bombed on her and the whole thing exploded. So they're they're divorced. They're getting divorced. Getting divorced. Is Seashell now with someone else? I don't think so, no. Okay. No. Yeah, so, so that's what's single. going on. She's yeah. not, is she dating one of the brothers? No, she's not. Okay. She should. And yeah. everybody wants what's best for her. Yeah, his name's Justin. Okay. She, Justin she, Hartley. Justin Hartley? Okay. Yeah. Everyone, and so some of the girls are saying she's two-faced because she doesn't like, you know, she's not super open about what happened. Right. But that's just pink people. Like, they're okay. kind of like perpetual children. All right. So we got the twins down. Yes. We got Seashell down. Yeah. We got Mary and then yeah. who else? And we then have? The, one is the same colors as our eleven-year-old daughter, Christine Quinn. So she's red and purple. She's red and purple, okay. and she's like super, like fierce, and she's very like. Well, she's like Brianna. So she's, she's like, like super. She's super, but she dresses like amazing, and she you know, but she's a very tough seller. And okay. I feel like she was a guy; nobody would call her mean, right? But because she's a woman, everyone says that she's mean or whatever, and she's just very direct. That's her. That's her thing. Like she's very blunt. Okay, and so that's her. And I mean, that's like, you know, there's other characters too, but that's kind of like the whole thing. Okay. And is she dating the She's brothers? married to somebody. She's married to somebody. Yeah. Not the Justin guy? No. She's married to somebody completely different. Okay. So it's an interesting show. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it sounds a little like, uh, like a Bravo show. Like kind of like it does. a little Bravo-esque. You know how like I ruin things for you? Yes. Like by noticing things? All the time. This show has something that really bothers me. They're editing, like, in their segue scenes, they mm-hmm. have, like, fake Netflix music. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Like, when we watched, uh, what was that show we used to watch with the, oh my God, the like, kids, the like Pogues? The Outer the, Banks. Yeah. And, or Lock and Key. Right. Like, all Netflix shows. Have, like, I don't know if you guys noticed. Please, please chime in here. They all have something we call fake Netflix music. And it's right. always, like, like, the lyrics are reflective of what just happened in the previous scene. And it's never a full song. That's hysterical. And this show is so, it has probably like 20 of those. In each episode? Yes. And they're like, work, 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 work. Or like, I just sold a house. I'm on top. Like, the, <laughs> like in between every, and it's like, and it's been bothering the hell out of me. And it, right. it's getting worse. And I feel like it's an empath thing that I'm noticing it. And okay. I want to know if other empaths know. Like, because what have I yes. ruined well, for you with this? There was this, I used to actually watch this show called Restaurant Impossible. Yes. <laughs> and I actually, you know, I liked the show. It wasn't like my favorite, but you know, I, I can get through it. Yeah. It was like about this like muscle guy who always wore a black shirt, yes. always the same exact clothing, and he would fix restaurants. I mean, everyone probably knows this. Uh, but and it was going along fine, you know, just mindlessly watching the show. And then all of a sudden I get the the dreaded if I tell you this, you're never gonna be able to watch That's this. That's what I again. say to you. And then it's like, no, don't then I tell her, don't tell me. Please don't tell me. Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. But then of course I'm like, all right, I got to know. Fine. You said it. Now I need to know. And for that one, it was they play like this heavy metal rock music throughout the entire episode. The whole 
time. So they never like, stop. Right. They, they're like kind of stirring up their like, uh, you know, shrimp uh, dishes and all of them in the background. Dun, 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 dun. And, yes. And I didn't notice it yeah. before. It's like Muzak. Yeah. It's not real. Until you told me. I know. And every single scene has this like crazy rock music. I can't watch it anymore. You don't watch it anymore. No, I, don't watch I, it. I ruined Phil Collins for you too a little bit. Phil Collins, you ruined him too. You did that by basically telling me every single lyric he has is like a cliche. It's all a cliche. It's all cliches. Yeah. So when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, it's just him saying. And like, he repeats, he's like, pass the salt. Right. With 80s right. music. It's raining cats and dogs. It's or whatever. raining cats and dogs. You know, I love you the most. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I love every, you the most. Yeah. Everything is a cliche. Get well soon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you ruined Every that. song. Um, Billy Joel, you ruined Billy Joel for me. How did I ruin Billy Joel for you? I think you just told me he was terrible. He, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind the Africa album. That one was okay. The Africa album? Didn't they? Those, that's like his worst one. Oh, I like, like that that's one. That's the only one that's bad. <laughs> like, I actually like that one. Like, you know, like, like Piano Man? Like, okay, that one's good. Piano Man. Okay, okay. Fine. All right. So basically when I get – a lot of times I try not to um, – I try to uh, avoid the, the dreaded – if I tell you this, you're never going to watch it again, yeah, but sometimes I, it gets through. My call out to all you guys is do you notice this stuff too? Right. The editing, the music, the music, well, the cliches. Even with all of your <laughs> doing this to me, yes. we, we have been together 20 years. We have. And I've been getting a lot of DMs this week, uh, surprisingly. Usually nobody writes me. Oh. Um, but this week for some reason. And they've been asking about our first dates. So I figured, you know, just for a few moments – uh, we just tell the, I guess, the story of our first couple of dates. Okay. Uh, I forgot a lot of it, and the other day you got mad at me because I forgot some of the details. I got, like, fake mad at you. I know. I mean, I thought you didn't it, know what month we met. I know, but you know how what? Now, old I was. Now I, <laughs> I should have known the month because right. I remember it was the time of the Music City Miracle in Buffalo. So uh, that happens in winter. Football's in winter. So I should have guessed yeah. that right. But, well, more importantly, um, it was like Y two K. Like we met yeah. so January of two thousand. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So let's take a trip down memory lane. 20 years, and I'll let you start it off because you have a better memory than I do. Well, we talked about our first blind date on yes. uh, an episode when we played the newlywed game okay. because on our first blind date... See, I, I, do, I don't even remember that. You told me... That was like on our first blind date, you told me the story of how you got arrested. Right. So that's when I brought it up when we were playing the newlywed game and you had to tell everybody how you got arrested. Okay. So, but anyway, so our first blind date was a blind date. Right. Now you, now only Buffalo people would know this. I lived in what uh, Amherst, the North Towns, and North you lived towns. in the South Towns. Yeah. In Hamburg. Hamburg. And if you're a Buffalo person, those are night and day. But South Towns and North Towns yeah. are totally different things. It's like miles to get there. Yeah, not miles. Really. Like, not miles. It's, but it feels like It's it. like 20 minutes on the 219. But Nobody likes to go. Yeah. It's, it's almost long distance. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and they have built up the South Towns a little bit, but 20 years ago, 
like, I mean, literally, there's one, there was like one block of stores. <laughs> true. Like, when I went there, I was like, where am I? We had the mall. That was it. Well, you went the weird way too, like through the woods to get to my house. That <laughs> was did. the exit was in the woods. Like you could um, hit many deer. It right. was very scary. So I, I went with my friend. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I knocked on your door. And I brought my friend because I was like, okay, this right. is a blind date. And I was 18. So I'm like, I should probably bring a friend. And of course... Back then, there was no texting. There were no cell no. phones. I, so we made this whole thing over over online that yeah, we were going to meet yeah. up. All right. I rang the doorbell. Like, why? Now that I think about it, it's very dangerous. Okay, continue. <laughs> I rang the doorbell. Yeah. Your dad answered. I no, thought he, I answered. Oh, I, my God. Oh, you answered. I answered. You answered. You yeah. don't remember the first time we saw each other. It, That's so <laughs> sad. I answered the door. You answered the door. Wow, Scott. And you were oh standing God. there. And the chicken answered their door, too. We did have a chicken, you but have a chicken. I answered the door. Okay. And you were in a blue sweater because this this okay. was your thing, a blue gap sweater with a red stripe. Right. Everything you wore had stripes. It was it was the it time. It was the year of the gap stripe. I wore the, the gap, gap the gap stripe. stripe. Yeah. And it's just interesting that those are your aura colors. Yeah. And okay. you called it your lucky shirt. And you used to wear it when you felt lo- like when you wanted to be lucky. Yes. Like I wear my lucky hat now. Yes, you had a lucky shirt. Right. Okay. Wow. So you answered the door and your yeah. friend was there. I answered the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And then you introduced me to your dad. Which you met in between the kitchen and the living room and shook hands. Right. Oh and I God. thought and I thought he would be taller. And <laughs> and then anyway, and then he had this very good handshake. Yes. He gave me this really good handshake. Yeah, that's what my dad does, yeah. And, you know, really firm. Yeah. And, hey, guy, how are you? You know, like that. It's not like that. Something like that. He's a little passive aggressive, right. I guess. And then uh, I had my friend with me, <laughs> and you thought he was me, and I thought, no. No, no, no you tell me what you thought. Obviously, you forget you everything. You didn't know. You're leading you, me. You didn't know You're leading I was that me. guy or the other guy. I didn't know which. I, op- I opened the door to the part you don't remember. I opened the door. You were standing right. first and your friend was behind you. And I just remember thinking, oh, gosh, I hope that's Scott. Like the one, and, okay. and, and then it was Scott. Which was me. Yeah, so or that the, was No, good. the other guy you was hoping. No, I was hoping it was you and oh, it was you because okay. I just felt one? immediately connected to you. Oh. Wow, romantic. <laughs> you don't even remember. <laughs> well, I was wow. glad that the other person was not you. Okay. Because she was, you know, very nice. Um, <laughs> well, so she, the, she wasn't happy I dragged her on this, right. whatever now, this was. At the time, <laughs> I had a master's degree in history mm-hmm. and I was working at Domino's Pizza. You were having a life, a quarter life right. crisis. Who works at Domino's Pizza? You were master's 24 degree in history. and I was 18. You were having a quarter life crisis. I was driving a nicer car than I do now. That is true. Yeah, I had a brand new Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but again, I was working at Domino's Pizza with a master's degree. Yeah. Anyway, so I took you really, somewhere really special. Yes. And very fancy, uh, you know, Pegasus. Pegasus, which is like a 24-7 diner that caters to the right. carnies right. when the fair comes in town. And that's when you told me <laughs> the story of your arrest. And for yeah. some reason, I was like, okay, um, I'll see him again. <laughs> well, I mean, we, I mean, it was a good... We had a great time. Dinner. Yeah, it was I fine. I mean, you, it was like... I bought you two ninety nine, two dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, eggs. I think I got toast or something. Yeah, you got yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, it cost me like seven dollars. Yeah, I mean, back then that was a lot of money. Cheap date, yes, inflation. Yeah. It was like four hours of work for you me. You came, you came back to my house. You played with our chicken for right. real. We had a chicken. We had six cats and a dog at the time. Right. And you liked that. And I didn't want to leave. 
No, you didn't want to leave. That's right. That's right. Because I like that house. I, we like had to, I had to yeah. kind of kick you out because, like, um, I had plans after in case it didn't work out. So I had people come to the house after because I didn't know. You did? Yeah, because I had my my two girlfriends come after in oh, case it right. wasn't going to work out. Just in case. Just in case, like, I had. Oh, I got to go now. You know, I like had that. also my contingency plan as well. <laughs> you had no contingency. Yeah, plan. I did. Yeah, no, I did. I had someone on. I had my pager. You never had a pager. <laughs> yeah, I had my pager, and if they texted the word like hell, like H, I think, like how do you do that? Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that would be like a mayday call, and I would have to go and be like, hey, the, the pizza delivery didn't get there, right? And I'd have to help them out. You were assistant manager, yeah, at the Domino's. Yeah, so that was my contingency plan. Okay, okay. So that's how we met. All right, and the rest is history. The rest is history. I mean, and here we are. Um, you remember ten percent of that night, <laughs> so. Well, I mean, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. You know, I have this beautiful story where spirit whispered soulmate in my ear, and I remember your shirt with your aura colors, and you're like, "Your dad answered the door." Wait, wait, wait! You were not wearing your aura color. What was I wearing? Yellow, white, White. yellow, white, white. Okay, that's not your aura color. Fine. Okay, so you were actually inauthentic. Okay, that day. Okay. Good job you remembered a detail. Oh, that, I just pulled that out. Like You did. Pull out. You got to remember, remember, and as people know, I cannot see things in my mind. You are like a visual. I have that disease but you remember or whatever that, it's called. Well, that, our second date was the Music City Miracle. That was the that second was, date. Yeah, yeah that it was, was late. Because you were, watch, you were seeing how the game ended. Yeah, so basically I was driving again to the South Towns. And this if is anyone, our second date. Like, first of all, if you drive from the North Towns to the South Towns of Buffalo, <laughs> you know you're serious. That is a drive. Nobody does it. This is only funny if you live in Buffalo, It's only guys. funny if you live in Buffalo. <laughs> Nobody goes, just, just hear me out on this red ranting here. Nobody in Buffalo goes from the North Towns to the South Towns. That's true. Nobody. And vice versa. South Towns is not going to the North no, Towns. And North far. Towns is not going to the South Way Towns. Too far. You can go to like East or West, but no. you're not going North and South. It's it just true. doesn't happen. Yeah. You're not going on the 90 and the 219 and doing that. So I was willing to do that in the middle of winter. When the Bills game was on, playoffs, that was the last playoff game they had Yeah, for That's like true. 10 to 15 years. And now that I think about it, yeah. And they were winning to like the last second, then they blew it. And you pulled over to <laughs> listen to it, and that's why you were late. And then you yeah. came in, and, and me and my dad were watching kind of sad, and you were yeah. just like, okay. And that I was, was laughing. That was our actual I was, first day. I was laughing. I'm going to admit, I was laughing. Well, how bad it ended? How yeah, bad it ended. Like, it was like free flicker after free flicker. Oh, you remember and, that? Yeah, they kept throwing the ball. Remember, it was like the last play of the game. Yeah. Bills like had won the game. All they had to do was like down the ball. Yeah. And the Titans were like flipping it back to each other, like all across the field. And okay. uh, some Bill fan here was going to write to us and tell us. They're like, yes, I remember that. I remember that. It was a sad day for Bills people. That was all the last right. time they made the playoffs on the, for like how, like yeah, how like, many years? Yeah, like, like 19 years or something. They just <laughs> so, made it again like, last year, the year before. Yeah, like our whole entire relationship. Marriage, that yeah. was like the. Yeah, and then until recently they did make Yeah, I think it was like two or three years ago. Sports talk, please. But nobody cares about that on this podcast. All All right, right, let's hear what we have to say. Okay, let's do it. Let's say every day a man walks the same way to the bus stop. Every day he takes a left out of his doorstep, he walks to Main Street, he takes a right, and he sits down for the bus and he waits every day. Every day he does the same thing without fail. So if you were to make a prediction, you would say, hey, tomorrow you will take a left out of your doorstep, take a right on Main, and proceed to the bus stop and wait. And if he does that, this would be a correct prediction. But what if? What if that day something happens, okay, and he decides to do something different 
what if he decides not to go that day? What if he decides he will never go again? What if in that moment there's a rip or a tear in his pattern? And we call that free will. I'm going to talk about this because when I do a reading, free will is the thing which decides what will happen. Any good reader will tell you that you make your own future, and this is because of free will. Your patterns of behavior are predicting your future. Think about that. What you do every day mindlessly is a pattern. They're hard to see because your ego hides them from you. And that is the key to changing things, seeing the pattern and taking a moment to decide to do it differently. And changing it is much like the metaphorical change up in the route to the bus stop. Everything you do in life is that same pattern, just magnified and differentiated. It's how you meet people. It's who you bring into your inner circle. It's how you speak to yourself. It's what behaviors you put up with. All mindless subconscious patterns, which are all there for you to take a moment of consciousness, a moment of great spiritual awakening and realization and aha moments and a moment where spirit itself shines a huge flashlight on this pattern. And right there in that beautiful moment, you see that you have choice. And that choice is your God-given free will. And that's where things change, happen, manifest, everything. They can be big things or they can be little things. You could walk into Starbucks, you always get the same thing. Take a second, like, what if I did it differently? Like, what would that feel? Like, get used to feeling awkward. It's got how you're, little tiny, little steps, how you're going to get used to seeing the patterns in your life by seeing them in the tiny, silly places. Because your ego will tell you that these choices don't mean anything. But they do. They all mean something. That is why when you do the free will thing, when you make these little changes, things get super weird and very uncomfortable because much like that very predictable walk to the bus stop, that that walk, it's comfortable. You don't have to think. You are in that emotional coma state of walking and seeing the same thing over and over. But then if you switched up the path, for example, you know, you took a different route to the bus stop, you see new things. You're more alert. You're more open to what's going on around you. You are stimulated. It's awkward. Some like that feeling more than others. And some have to get used to it, this feeling of new. And that right there leans into your own self-confidence for handling new situations. You know how like there's some people that hate change. They need their coffee a certain way. They have to sit at a certain place at a certain restaurant. They have to do everything. They don't like change because they don't like feeling scared. They don't have confidence in themselves. Change, you have to accept it in order to use your free will. Because that's where the magic happens, seeing the pattern and using your God-given power of free will. I had a reading with a woman recently. She was working on creating a project which she could sell to people. It was a spiritually geared product, and it was something where she had to channel messages um, about things, and then she had to create illustrations for each message. Uh, it was artistic and spiritual. It was very different from her day job. Her day job was totally like, you know, your nine to fiver or something, you know, totally. Uh, people understand like, oh, that's what you do. Okay, you are acceptable in society. Yeah. So, so this is like very different for her. Um, and it was something which was, you know, a stretch for people in her life and in her family to understand, which she was very alert, you know, and, and stressed out about, like we all are when we kind of do something different. We feel other people's feelings about it. 
And this project of hers, it involved a bit of work, you know, writing and then finding someone to create the illustrations. It was a passion project. She really liked to do this. But her question to me was in the reading, so what's my time frame for finishing this? She asked me like what her time frame was for finishing it. And right there, that's a question that's free will based. I can't really answer that for you. No one can answer a question like that, but you. She wanted a timeline that when like she would sit down and get it done. But the thing is, it's like, go get it done. Just go do it. You know, like that's, that's on you. I can't tell you that. I can tell you your pattern is probably because, you know, I could tell her like, listen, your pattern is that you won't get it done. Because you still aren't prioritizing your passion projects over your nine to five dailies and other people's opinions about what you're going to do. So you're probably not going to get it done. It's probably going to continue to sit there. That's your trajectory. But please change that. <laughs> like that's a sit down today and just flip and do it. You know, like that's free will. It's kind of like asking me like, hey, Megan, when are you going to fold that laundry that just came out of the dryer? Like if I ask someone like, hey, can you tell me when I'm going to go fold my own laundry? The answer would be like, you know, when you do it, like when you simply feel like doing it, when you get the initiative to do it, what am I going to eventually do it? I mean, I assume eventually I'll do it, but that's a free will question. It can't be answered by anyone by, but me. And that's like with any of us with anything, you know, when are you going to lose the weight? When are you going to, when are you going to eat healthier? When are you going to, when am I going to eat healthier? When am I going to do this? When am I going to get a new job? It's like when you do it, when you have that aha moment and you let spirit shine on you and you're like, I'm going to make the awkward choice today and I'm just going to do it. That's free will. And it's important to know about it because it's uncomfortable. You know, like I say, I'm always about personal responsibility. This is a big personal responsibility situation, free will. You have it. It's easy for your ego to come in and tell you that you don't. Your ego likes to tell you, oh no, these are all the reasons why you don't have free will. You know, these are all the reasons why this isn't a choice for you. And, and man, they make compelling arguments. The ego does. Bills, you know, kids, people, all sorts of stuff. You know, don't lose a jo- don't leave a job before you have another one. I mean, there's there's good logic. They they make good cases. <laughs> but the fact is at the end of the day, you always have a choice. So I'll talk more about that. So anyway, so you know, I told her like the free will answer. I gave her that. And you know, she wasn't satisfied. She didn't like that. And people who don't want to hear that free will has everything to do with your next steps in life are people that are they're not ready. And that's something that I had to come to terms with myself. Um, and I think we all have had moments where we're like, you know what, when I sit down and I, and I do it, then I'm ready. But, you know, if, if, if you're not ready, maybe you don't, hearing that's uncomfortable, that that's up to you. You know, that's uncomfortable for people who aren't ready. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. 
the way car buying should be. What is free will? If you understand free will, the answer to the age-old question of why am I here starts to make sense. There is a difference between us and the animals and creatures of pure instinct and behavior. There is something called choice. We can argue that some people have more choice than others. I mean, if you look at the big picture in terms of race or socioeconomic background, where you were born, how you were born, who you were raised by, what your childhood was like, etc. I could go on and on and on. Some people absolutely start ahead with the availability of better choices than others, for sure. And it's not always equal, but the opportunity to use free will is always the same. There's just different contexts for it. Like there's always free will in your life. It's just in the tiniest moments there's free will. And if you know that you gain control, it's just important to understand that like I get that like if you're born in a certain situation – you know, and you're an underprivileged person, and you know, you're a minority, you know, there's so many factors that can definitely put your free will choices more limited than other people's free will choices. Sure. That's, but, but you still have free will. It's just with different choices. Free will is what God gave us, which is different than any other creature. See, we have the, we have the ability to choose apart from what our environment forces us to do. And these choices define us. It's all a huge classroom here. This is what this is. You have a soul contract. You were here. You're here to do specific things. Um, you're here to fight with that ego so you can get it done. And free will is your constant companion. But we do we shove it away. The ego doesn't like it. You know, the ego wants us to stay in that routine of behaving, acting, responding a certain way. You know, it keeps us alive. We love our ego. It keeps us alive. It keeps us safe. But our free will is there to be activated. And now you get choice. It happens in the smallest ways, people. How do you respond to the rude person? Do you go low with them or do you go high? That's a choice right there. That's a free will choice. Everything you do, every choice you make, the universe is seeing. It sees it. And it, all it does is repeats the pattern. That's all it does for you. It, you invest time or energy into the guy that's not calling you back. Guess what? You'll get the universe sees it as, oh, let's give you a return on that investment. More people that do the same thing to you. So if you use your free will, I'm not going to invest time and energy with people who don't invest it back in me. Oh, the universe sees that. Okay. Those people disappear completely and you get people who do invest in you. So it's just the universe sees your free will choices and then takes it as an opportunity to replicate and multiply and recreate in lots of other places. Um, yeah, so your free will is there to be activated and then and then these happen, these small choices. So another, you know, like for example, like do you go out with a friend that you find toxic or do you steer clear? Do you choose to go put energy into your future or do you continue to put energy into your current situation? There are choices everywhere, everywhere around you. Do you make a salad for lunch or do you eat chips out of a bag? Like that's up to you, you know, like that, that's a choice. There are always choices, tiny and small little things, which are actually the building blocks to your whole life changing. And that is what spirit has given us. We have to make the choice. There's always a moment where no one but you can do the thing that needs to be done. And right there, that's the responsibility that can freak people out. And they don't want it. And all of a sudden, they can deny the reality of free will. So that's what happens. Like, you know, you don't want to do it. Then you make excuses. For example, 
there's my, you know, I don't know. I think I'm a mom because I'm a mom. I make food for people all the time. And sometimes instead of sitting down and eating like an actual meal myself, this is gross, but like, I'll just eat like what they didn't eat. Like, isn't that nasty? Now I should sit down, make my own food and eat healthier and not just eat like chicken nugget scraps. That's a choice I have to make. So when I'm wondering like why I'm not running efficiently or my body feels, you know, like not healthy or whatever, you know, my ego can come in and be like, well, you don't have time and it's just easier for you to just eat and it's not a big deal and you don't want to put the food to waste that they didn't eat or whatever. But there's, I, there's a free will moment. It's like, no, you can do it differently and that's on you. You want to feel better. You got to do different things. You know, it happens everywhere. That's just like an easy one for me to think off the top of my head. Um, but there's big ones too. There's like really, really sad ones that can happen. Like, um, like, let's say a toxic friend, like randomly, you know, after three years emails you and is like, I'm, I'm begging for your advice. Please help me. And you did a lot of work to cut them out. And all of a sudden they're like, I, I need you. I need your help. I need this. I need that. Da, 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 da. I need, I need, I need. Do you go back into that? You know? Do you see what they have to say um, or do you steer clear still? There's a choice there because sometimes the universe will dangle things in front of your face that are from the past, past, past patterns of yourself. They always want to see like, hey, did you really learn or you want to go back into a pattern? And like something like that, like you really have to think about it. Like how am I going to handle this situation and how am I going to make sure it reflects who I am now and not the version of them that they are used to instead? I see this a lot with friend breakups. I see this a lot with friend breakups because like as you go through a spiritual awakening, you kind of like lose people. And then what happens is, is like when they try to come back in, it's, there's a strong pull for you to like erase all that um, version of yourself that's changed to go back to your default version that they're more comfortable with. And you have to watch that. You have to use a lot of free will there to be like, okay, either I'm not going to respond or I'm going to respond in a way that reflects me now and I'm going to stick to that. You know, things like that. You really have to take a moment and see the behavior, see the patterns, observe yourself like you're on the Discovery Channel watching yourself in nature and just be like, no, I'm not going to go back into the old patterns. I made so much work and time and energy to invest my free will with new patterns. And one of my new patterns is I reflect, I think, I take a minute. All free will stuff. There's always a reason to stay put, stay stuck. Like you don't take the class to get your real estate license because of, you know, the kids or debt or time. You don't leave the relationship where he's cheating because it's comfortable and, you know, the kids and the debt and the time that you've invested. You don't do things because they got comfortable. Even the stuff you hate in life, you, you're, more, you're at least, like, comfortable with it. Like, you know what to expect. And the ego loves comfort. It lives for the day-to-day grind in which you're finding very monotonous at this time. There is a very part of us which loves to settle and that is the ego and it's a feeling of comfort and safety, but it's different than the comfort of the soul, the comfort of the parts of you which want more. There is a difference between comfort uh, and peace, peace, real peace. And taking jumps into soul growth does lead into feelings of peace, ones of which you can't have in your comfort zone because the feeling of your life aligning with your soul purpose and that peace that accompanies it is the feeling which comes with that. And many 
psychic readings, I see something called trajectories. And that's why I love auras so much. It shows you the way it can happen, the way it is authentic for something to happen for you. The way it can happen if you lean into who you are truly is authentic as a person, but it does require action. It requires you to get out of your comfort zone and actually do the work which supports the fact that you do intrinsically want to change. How many single people do I speak to who ask me when they will meet the one? How, when am I going to meet the one? And spirit will chime in immediately and I'll hear something like, she's not dating. <laughs> Spirit's like very straight up and they don't sugarcoat. So like when I talk to your guides, they're just usually like blunt. And some of you have guides that like y'all are more like blunt than others. And like <laughs> their spirit guides are great, but they don't censor what they say. And if you've had a reading with me, sometimes I'll be like, okay, your spirit guides are yelling at me and they're telling me not to, cause I'll try to make it more polite. And some of your spirit guides are like, no, give it to her straight. And I'll be like, okay, here it comes. But, um, so for example, I, I, this happens more than once. Usually I'll be like, oh, when am I going to meet the one? And and like, if you're not dating, like your spirit guides will tell me like, you're not, she's not going out. <laughs> so I have to be like, well, you know, um, and I'll say something like, well, you're not dating. And they'll be like, oh yeah, no, not at all. And I hate online dating and I hate being set up and I hate, and you know, I hate dating in general. And it's, you know, I'm really burned out by it. I got really burned and blah, 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 blah. There's so many weirdos. And I say usually something like, you know, like, like what do you what do you what do you expect to happen? I mean, honestly, unless the Amazon Prime guy is like single and hot, like how do you expect to meet anyone? You need action. It just like spirit. You gotta work. You gotta work with spirit. Like they'll throw it to you. You just gotta like be out there, kind of like okay, I'm ready to catch it. You gotta be open. You're like open for that path. So spirit just can't deliver you things on the silver platter. Like when when are you gonna do the work too? manifestation and law of attraction do require more than just thoughts. You have to put thoughts in motion. So you need thoughts and then you need the motion and the action. That's where it gets like the action with, all right, so you free will. You're like, okay, I want a relationship. I know I have to do something different right there. Then you're like, okay, my action is, I know I got to like ask my friends to set me up or I got to do the online thing or I got to just go out with friends or something. That's action. And then when you're out in the middle of it all, you have to be like, okay, I am open to what's coming. I'm going to drop my preconceived issues and patterns. I'm going to ask spirit to help me. Boom. That's all super awkward and uncomfortable, but that's all action that you took to get something different. If you change your behavior, if you change your patterns, different patterns will come to you. They're going to feel weird. You're not going to know what to do with them. You don't have to know what to do with them. You can just say like, I'm really vulnerable right now. I don't know what to expect, but I do know that I have faith in myself and I have faith that spirit's leading me and I have boundaries and I can speak up for myself and I'll be okay with this, even though I don't know what to do in these situations. You can say that. Like, There's nothing wrong with owning discomfort, owning awkwardness, owning feeling weird about something. Just owning it. You don't have to hide it and do it anyways. Like, This is weird. Yeah. Dating is weird. Dating's freaking weird. It's okay. That's just my dating one. But yeah, you got to go out. You got to look nice. You got to smile at people. Okay. You know, you have to, you have to be slightly more social than maybe you want to be. You have to go out with friends. You have to be social. You have to put some action behind the things that you want. That's my dating thing. Same thing with work. You know, you got to, I don't like my job. Are you looking for a new job? Like you have to get your resume together. Let's work on it today. We're working on our resume. Okay. Tomorrow we're going to do some research where we want to apply. You know, you have to, you know, we're going to network. We're going to, you have to invest like actions in it and then just throw it. It's like cast a wide net. See what comes in. 
Trust yourself that it'll be okay. But here's the kicker. I see this a lot. What if, what if you got too comfortable? What if staying home with the cat is like better than dating right now? Not better maybe, but comfortable. What if staying at the monotonous job is better than finding a new one? Or taking the class to help you get to the next level? What if you're don't want to do that. Like you're insecure subconsciously about stretching and growing and being a newbie in a new career. What if you don't want to take that class, that jump, that leap, and you don't want to only because you're frightened of change? Ooh, that's, that's interesting. Maybe being comfortable, bored, sad, monotonous, maybe it's better at some point than what your actual dream is, your soul's want. The unknown requires a lot of faith, a lot of stretching, a lot of flexibility. It does require you to adapt. And the scariest thing in is if you get what you want, what if you're still not happy? What if you feel like you threw away comfort for change? That holds so many people back. And a lot of that has to do with this programming, this inner, inner belief that comes from you know a lot of different places, probably somehow you were raised, um, probably a lot from society, a lot from your own you know, self-worth that you won't be able to handle life if it gets better for you or different and maybe you're not worth it. And those are very underlying issues that also need to be seen. And you don't want to not do something just because you're scared. You really want to not... Scared is part of it. Like we're going to embrace fear. Fear is so part of it and you're going to do it anyways. You're going to embrace the fear and you're going to do it anyways and you're going to lean into it and you're going to get used to it and you're going to see that like some feelings of fear are better than others, you know, like there's, there's fear like getting in an elevator with somebody who looks like, you know, a serial killer, like that's good fear to listen to. But then there's another fear of like, okay, like going to karaoke night with your girls and smiling at someone cute that's good fear. That's good to lean into. So differentiate. So many people want things. They want to do the project they dream of. They want a different life. Um, But the action behind the want is what creates it. And the fear behind the whole thing is what creates the excuses. This is why that which is greater than us, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, gave us free will. It's up to us and us alone whether we get something done or not. It's easy to blame responsibilities and life situations and kids and money and time, etc. But at the end of the day, the only person in the way of the next step for you is you and your fear of living in a different way. And like I said, some of us have more access to more choices than others. That's true. But you still have access to choices and you can still always find some sort of compromise for your choice. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I was telling somebody the other day in a reading, you know, she wanted to start her own business. And I said, you know, how about this? When you're at work, <laughs> this is bad, but like when you're at work, how about, you know, you know, she wasn't micromanaged at work. I'm like, how about you spend a half hour a day from three to three thirty every day 
on your business. You set your timer at 3 p.m. to 3.30. You're doing something for your business. Like you're working on the logo. You're making whatever you can do there. You're working on it for your, for your business that you want. And then maybe you can stretch that a little bit. Like just a, you don't have to quit your job, but you use 3 to 3.30 every day to work on your thing. And then maybe we stretch that investment of time as it goes on. You'll see them where you focus things grow negative or positive. So that that's a little way you can use free will to grow something. There's always a compromise. It doesn't always mean you have to walk out of your job to do something. It means let's, let's see if I can compromise a little bit. So work on that first, small steps. You know, we're animals, you know, we are animals. We, we worry we won't survive because we won't adapt. We worry deep down that ego fear that a new environment means failure, right? Like, I mean, we're no different than biologically, we're no different than these little animals we see, you know, making sure that they do everything the same and they follow certain behaviors and patterns that keeps them alive, that keeps us alive too. But we also have that free will. We're different. We have souls, soul growth. We have different soul growth um, opportunities than animals, you know? So like there's reasons for us to lean into that, but it also makes it very uncomfortable because you're fighting, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, um, it's a thing. So if you're eating, you know, you're, you're eating, you're living, you're scraping by here, maybe you're doing good enough. The ego's like, you're good. You're alive today. Everything's great. You know, like the, the, the bar is real low for the ego. There's no room for bettering your life in the ego's perspective. And so many people live solely in the ego's perspective. The whole world is set up to stay in this ego's perspective. And then like when you get upset, you can go distract yourself with other things like material things, you know, like here, go you know, ego drives you to work hard and buy something that shows everybody that you worked hard, you know? Um, It's a distraction, you know, material things, affairs, you know, uh, drama, trauma, drugs, medication. It's all put there by society so you don't go forward. You don't use that free will to do something different. It's all there. Society totally knows how to keep you down. This life is kind of a battle. It, it's a, it is. It's a battle. It's a game. Um, it's something where if you can see, and this is where I implement aura colors, if you can see what you are good at intrinsically, what motivates you, what sets your heart ablaze, you can see what you want. And again, via when I use aura colors, it, you, if you can see where your fears, weaknesses, programmings, past traumas hold you back and create these chasms of hesitation, you can see which obstacles are going to come your way. So let's talk about what can hold you back in aura color. Let's talk about that. Reds, reds. Reds tend to like risk. Um, so they're kind of set up a little good for free will stuff. But at the same time, and especially if they have responsibilities, they can put those things ahead of the risk. So the ego hijacks their logical aspects of their brain and can create many walls through there. So the reds can get stuck in their responsibilities. Oh, I can't do this because I have to do this. Like, and they can, like that can become fact or whatever. So that's where they get stuck. They can get stuck in their logic and they can get stuck in feeling that they have to be the protector and the responsible one. And, and the only way they can do it is the most down to earth or logical or predictable way. They're very, you know, material, they're more materialistic. So they see things more like, you know, you work at this job, you make money, that's what you do. And then you go home and you sit, <laughs> you know, that's what you do. Um, 
yellows. Yellows are about how things are done and in which order. So the ego can hijack um, you know, them and can hook onto their perfectionist tendencies. So yellows, if it's not perfect, they don't make the break and go for it. They wait and they wait for it to be just right. But in life and ego's tricky ways, you know, it's never right. Nothing's ever right. And so yellows can get stuck on like, oh, it's not the right time yet, so I can't launch it. Or it's not the right time yet, so I can't do it. Or, or when everything's perfect, then I can do it, but nothing's ever perfect. So the ego can really trick the yellow. Like, because it's never going to be perfect. So they keep setting the bar at perfect higher and higher and higher and higher. And they never get there. And then they feel like they don't have a choice. So yellow's got to watch that. Purples. Purples just get very distracted. So the ego tries to make them feel like they're doing things that are change or, or that are their own choices, but they're not by way of toxic friends or toxic relationships or ways they can spiral into self-destructive patterns instead of like using that energy towards what they want. So the ego makes their distraction um, it's like a false choice. Like, oh, I love hanging out with these people. It's like, no, you don't. Like, that, that's just your pattern where you hang out with these dramatic, traumatic, trauma bond people and you think your life is interesting, but it's really just like on a hamster wheel of drama and nothing's happening for you. And, and so you, that's, that's a big purple issue. So purples, um, if they see that, then they can be like, oh my God. And then they pick out different situations. So the ego hijacks their need for distraction. Blues. Blues can get overwhelmed. So the ego shows up to tell them that they're bad, selfish, cruel for wanting things, um, that they inconvenience the people around them when they go after things that blue people want. The, the kids can't handle if mom's doing an online class. You know, you're not being a good mom. You're distracted. Um, the family will think, you know, your whole family thinks the blue person's weird if they change careers or do something different. Um, he's a bad dad if he follows his own passions instead of constantly putting others first. So the ego totally hijacks the blue person's guilt and their feeling of being selfish when they are doing something for themselves. But the thing is, is like when you put yourself first this way, the people around you actually benefit more. Like if you're happy in a job or you're happy you know, doing what you want to do as a blue person, you actually become a better per, like relationship for other people around you. Um, so yeah, the blue can hijack that guilt or that feeling of like wanting things or making choices that are about you are selfish, which they're not. That's actually what your soul is here to do. And the selfish thing is, you know, what society, uh, you know, labels that as. Indigos. Indigos have the ability to shut everyone out. And they can get very okay with being alone. So the ego totally hijacks that and makes it easy for them to stop being around anyone um, with any ideas or feelings about anything. So they basically self-isolate and they can create this like cocoon where they're so self-satisfied in a comfort zone that they don't really need anything else actually. Like indigos are pretty content pretty easily. So the ego can come in and really pounce and make it hard for them to want change. That's the thing with indigos. Like I can see them like they're kind of tougher because they don't need a lot to be happy and they usually like, so in, in you, that's where I should do a different episode about this. Like what motivates you? Because like Indigo's motivations are relationships. So this, their relationships and um, being connected to people and helping people one-on-one, -on -one. but the ego can come in and hijack the whole thing and make, you know, them have like this like brilliant relationship with their dog or something. And it's just like, oh, well, we're good. <laughs> we're good, you know. And, and, and they can get stuck in that because like meeting people and doing things for an indigo is actually extremely stressful because they don't have boundaries. So the ego can hijack that and just make them feel safe, just really self-isolating. 
So indigos have to like understand that, okay, I'm going to feel bombarded by other people's energy, but I really want to meet somebody. I really want to do this. or I really want to do that. Or I really want, um, you know, whatever it is that you want. Usually it's relationship wise with indigos or creativity wise. You're going to have to push against that to do that. But that's how the ego works with indigos. Greens get stuck in their own ways of doing things, their own systems of logic. And the ego totally loves that. They can, they, like, they can feel stressed out by like new titles or new roles. And the ego can trick them into seeing themselves too much on paper, how this will look when they make a change, if they look foolish, and if they feel stuck in obligation. Greens are the hardest to change because the ego basically closes down their ability to have an open mind when they're stuck with insecurity about how a risk will reflect on them. So the ego... Green people have like the 10 commandments of green or something like in their own heads. Like each green has their own like 10 commandments or whatever. And um, I don't know. They really think that they're true. Like they're the ten, like they're like God himself wrote them in their brain and that's how everything works. And if something doesn't fit, something doesn't fit. Um, and it, this is if they're imbalanced, for example. And if something doesn't fit, they can just shut it out. And the ego will totally hijack that and make sure that they don't like welcome any new ideas. And the, so like free will has a hard time getting in there at all to make different choices. That's how that, that's what holds the greens back. Turquoises. Turquoises, because of their high ability to lose themselves completely into others, um, they're oftentimes very unsure of what they even want to the point that they don't even usually know who they are. It really depends how you were raised as a turquoise. I'm finding like if you were raised with more aware empath stuff, like you're much better off as you get older. But if you're finding out now that you're turquoise, it's like, oh my God, who the heck am I? And I do not know what I want. So they will often feel kind of floaty or cloudy or just in like complete disbelief that there is any other way in life besides this thing that they're currently doing. And turquoises are often needing to understand that they have power more than any other color because they tend to fade into the environment they're living in. So that's why if you have like an empath kid, it's so important to remind them daily, daily that their emotions are different from the ones they pick up from other people. And so like when I meet like a turquoise who's an adult and is, is like very unaware of that or doesn't get it right away, a lot of times they're like, like they just, they don't know who they are. They feel very confused. Um, and so what do you, the ego holds them back by it's hard for them to know what they want. They don't know what they want. And, and, and like we all have that issue like where we don't know what we want. That can be very confusing, but that's the aura color where it's the hardest to pin it down. What do I want? Because first they have to answer the, the question like, who am I and what are my capabilities spiritually, which is the whole reflecting thing. They, they reflect other people and that is their power, but they are not the reflection. They are that which holds the reflection. And once they understand that's their power, then it's easier for them to understand their identity. And then they can pick out better the things that they want. And usually, honestly, turquoises, they have kind of like a scientific way about them and they just kind of want to heal or do things to help other people um, in, in like a holistic or some sort of medical capacity. That's usually a lot for the, for the, for the turquoises. So free will is accessible and the ego's trick is telling you all the reasons why it's not. And I hope that was clear today. I am saying that we all have, we all have free will, you know, but we just don't have it with the same amount of ease. So for sure, some of us start behind the starting line. Um, some of us start way ahead of the starting line. Okay. There are factors which make this easier or harder, which I talked about, um, the, you know, if you suffered abuse growing up, you know, if you had like 
a horrific family situation or or if you're, like I said, if you're a minority or if you're um, of a lower socioeconomic bracket, it's, it's, it's really difficult to get out of those things mentally, you know, like you have to like see it and then like you, you realize you don't have the same choices as other people. But I like to, instead of comparing what our choices are, let's just keep it, what are my choices today? Because once you start comparing to other people, it can get real depressing because some people, yeah, they have better free will choices than other people, you know, available to them. So don't compare. Don't compare your free will situation to other people's free will situation because it's a quick way. It's another ego trick. That's the ego's trick to deplete your feeling that you even have choices. So, so be careful with that. But it is true. That is true. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um, you know, some people have a free will thing and, and the, the, the situation is a lot smaller than other people. You know, it it just depends where you're at. Personally, I didn't, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like I didn't have a lot of that. And I had a lot of obstacles just to get out of that mental socioeconomic bracket I was in, you know, and that, and that's kind of like, I think when you were, were raised without a lot of money, a lot of things go, you learn to live without and you learn not to want things. And, and it's really hard for me to want stuff. <laughs> it's really hard because I, my survival mechanism was like, don't want it. And like, I'm really good at not wanting things. I'm better at wanting things for other people. So I try to latch onto that to help me because it's something I'm still working on. It's hard for me to want something for me. It's easier for me to want something for like my kids or for you guys. You know, like when you say, oh, I got a lot out of this episode or I got... That's, oh my gosh, I'm like, okay, all right, good. I'll, you know, I want it for you guys, you know, so I'm working on it for me still. But sometimes you have to do that. Like, where, where can I latch on to? Where can I see the differences? Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of mental work for me, a lot of free choice stuff to get out of patterns of thinking, patterns of saying no to myself, patterns where I shut down. And using free will to be like, wait a second, I do have a choice here. Let's work on my choices. Let's talk about my choices. Um, and the thing with free will is if, if you find that you don't have choices in some places, you have to move where there are other choices. So let's say you're at work and there's a boss who's just not letting you get ahead. Like he's just not going to, he's never going to do it. It's never going to happen. You know, you have no control over that. Like nothing like manifestation won't help you with that. Um, with that person, it won't, but manifestation and free will can help you find another avenue. Okay. Like you have to go to a different person, 
you might have to go to a different work environment. There are always choices, but you have to be creative. You have to get creative in working with them. Open to what spirit brings you, you know, in terms of alternative choices versus what you think's best for yourself. But the first step is always that free will. I, I am making the choice to change my pattern. When you understand you have free will, when you understand that there will always be a fork in the road, the place where you have to decide for yourself what it is exactly which you will have to do now in order for it to happen, it's life-changing. And here's the thing. Life-changing will scare your ego, scare your ego so flippin' bad it will make you want to run back into the old ways and convince you happily that you are fine with that. And it works. And it may work multiple times in your life, but one day... You are just so sick of it. You decide that you do have a choice and you take that unpaved road and it's completely new and raw and different and it has a ton of challenges and it's awkward and it feels uncomfortable because free will does take you on a different path, but it's the soul's path and easy isn't part of it, but rewarding really is. And if you understand you have this power, it's very scary and it's something which can feel upsetting because you can see the places where you personally have to pick up stuff you don't want to pick up, places you have to work hard, you don't feel like working hard. Your programming can come in and make you want to go back to the things you used to do. But there is a path there. And it's the path that free will choice takes you on. And it's a little bit of a disorganization and it's emotional and it's overwhelming and it can feel like limbo or like you're stuck. It can feel like all sorts of things. And then you break through. And that's how your life changes. So change requires discomfort and it requires you to enact that free will. I want to hear your free will choices. I want to hear the days you woke up and you were like, wait a second, I'm making that change. I want to hear about the little things that you do today to change your patterns. Let's just see our little patterns to order coffee different. Let's uh, talk to a friend differently. Let's, you know, work out differently. Let's eat differently. Let's do something different. Let's change it up today without even worrying about the bigger thing. Let's see how uncomfortable it is with the little things and get used to that feeling and love that feeling. Let's do it. I want to hear about it, you guys. So Scott, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about free will? Well, I, it was very interesting. And mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess it kind of brings me back to when I was uh, working and, and teaching and I guess it's kind of like, almost like I felt like I didn't maybe have free will. Is I don't know, I didn't know how to put totally. it into words. Yes. Um, yeah, explain be- that. What does that mean? Well, and again, I, it felt like I just didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like this is even though I really didn't want to do this anymore, and I felt every day that I was actually going against what I should be doing. Right. Um, I felt that I had to, like I had to go. Like there yeah. was actually nothing I could have done at that time to stop from going. Right. Um, so would that be like a block on my free will? Is that what, what's going, what was going on there for yeah, me? Yeah. Like the ego likes to tell you, you don't have choices. And like, right. but the thing is, is like, because you probably thought your, your choice was to just stop working like completely. Like, yeah. and you're like, I can't do that. Right. But so, so the ego will be like, well, yeah, you have a choice, but the choice is to quit and be poor. Yes. Yeah, so and that's actually what went through my head. It was like, yeah. either I, at that, you know, when I couldn't do it for years, because I wanted, you know, when I wanted to, it was just like, well, I can't just quit. If I can just quit, then I won't have yeah, any that, money. That's not the only option. There's other choices. Right. So how did you find other choices? Well, for a long time, I didn't. I, yeah. I actually, for a long time, I just felt like this is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And there, I didn't see any other choices. I didn't, you know, I mean, 
I, I didn't even think of anything as an option. It was like kind of maybe I was like stuck or something. Yes. Like it just like my brain, my brain was felt like uh, the best way I could, I mean, honestly, my brain felt like I was in prison. Like, like my brain, like I was free in terms of my body, you know, and going, walking the streets and whatever, going, you know, to, to, to do my errands or do whatever we did. But I think my brain, like, does this make any sense? This yes. sounds a little weird to no, me. No, no, just keep but going. Now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm just, this is the first time I'm actually thinking about it. Yeah. My brain felt like it was like in prison. That's the, your programmed thought, your patterned thinking. That's weird. So that's what it is. Like you, we get stuck in our patterns of thinking. Yeah. And you don't think, could you remember one time when you broke out of that and like what that felt like? One choice or one moment or one it, scenario where you're well, like, wait a second. Well, I felt, um, I, fe- I felt like eventually, like, I guess as I started to work towards other things, I, Maybe I thought a little bit like, hey, if this happens and this happens and then this happens, then maybe I can break out of the prison okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Well, you're I'm a red a little, aura, so you yeah. need logic. So there's right. like it, a lot. It had to be very logical. So like until you saw kind of like some sort of light at the end of a tunnel, maybe you you weren't even open to a different pattern. But like what? No, I couldn't even see. I could not. Eat. You don't understand. I could yeah, not I believe see you. it. No, like, I live now with that you, I, I think about it, like there was no other choice in my brain it was either you go here for you know x amount of hours a week and you do this and that's it so what i guess like my question is yeah when did you start doing things differently that reflected a change in that prison mindset i I think i mean as we as the business started developing i started to help you Okay, as, as you practice. started to help me, right? As I started to help you, and I would do very few little things for you. Right. Like you were, you know, in the beginning, and again, we weren't as busy as we are now. It was right. very small. But I felt like if I could do a couple of things to help, right. maybe that would change my mindset a little bit. And it did, yeah. And it did. You know, so, I mean, even just very little things like, you know, you know, preparing for the reading to come to the house. Yeah. Like just you know, vacuuming up and setting up the stones and the crystals. Right. right. Things, like, some little things like that. Like, I yeah. knew that wasn't going to get me out of what I was doing. Right. But, you know, it was, it was something. Yeah. Or, you know, like, sometimes I would call someone to schedule an appointment. You did, yes, yes. I'd have you do that. Yeah, you didn't like to do that. So I would, I would yeah. do that. Right. Uh, I wasn't doing any of your scheduling at that time. I wasn't doing any of those things. But I was doing, like, little things. Um, but, and that helped a little bit. The, the little tiny things and i talk about that i talk about like putting action towards yeah. like action which reflects what you want right you know, and something different and the thing is like what people don't realize i think is that and maybe other people could do it quicker than me this took me years mm-hmm. this was not something that all of a sudden one day i was like okay i'm free this actually took me a long time it was i kind of it was kind of like now that i think about it if you ever watched the movie shawshank redemption i know we've talked about it before i was that guy with the chisel like making that hole in the wall that took forever, and every day he would go underneath his little poster and he would chisel it away. And, and first he away. just did it for fun, right? Because he was bored. Yeah. And and then one day he was like, "Wait a second, a big chunk came off." I've seen yes. that movie so many times. Yeah. And he was like, and then something changed. It was like, <gasps> but, like you could tell it changed. Yeah. The purpose of it. Yeah. That's but, interesting. Yeah, but that was me yeah. because, and the way I did it was. I couldn't just go cold turkey. I don't know. It maybe because I'm a red. Maybe I think that's just why. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Uh, maybe I just didn't. I believe my free will was gone or whatever. I don't know. But then I said, you know what? Every year at the time, you know, I wanted to make it less. Mm-hmm. So every single year, I did a little bit less. So I dropped a class. 
I dropped a, um, like a title. I dropped like a, a, a thing I was going to do there. So every year uh, I did something less. The, actually, when I hit us, you know, when I, when I stalled out for a little while, when I didn't do something less. So one, I got it down. I was doing less, less, and less. And then one year I didn't make a change and I did the same amount that I was doing the year before. And when I went back to, to work that year, it was freaking me out. I, I couldn't do it. So what I did was I said, I have to do something less. So I went in there and I told him I have to drop another class, which I did. And then I felt better. Wow. Because I had not done something less. But you did replace that time with other things. Yes. Like I, you would work, work were, on your stocks, you yes. know, and then you other would, interests. Yeah. And yeah. then I put all the other time towards working towards the, uh, the practice. The practice. And then also and, like you, you have your own things you like to do. And so. all my own things. So. Yeah. But it's... But then I, now I think I got my free will back. I feel great. This yeah, is like, now you understand free will. Like this, I'm looking at the date on the calendar, mm-hmm. and it says August 20th, mm-hmm. and this is the best I've ever felt on August 20th in oh, years. Yay. Because usually you know August 20th, I, know. I am in the midst of depression. Yes, you're a bear to live with. You used to be, but now you're not. Yeah. Like at, at this time of year. No, I feel fantastic. Like the whole this whole summer has been fantastic. I, this is the best we've ever done this summer. This is the best I've ever done. You know why? Because I don't have it hanging over my head. Yeah. Like free will. I have the free will. Yeah, but it took you time and, oh, yeah, and you put time. action towards it yes. and you can relate with feeling stuck and making tiny choices to get out of it. That's what you have to do. Yeah. It, it's not, it, again, I, I probably took longer than the average person. <laughs> I hope for other people, if they're in the same situation I was, they take less time. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was very slow steps every single day, putting your energy towards something that you love. And if you put your energy towards that thing that you love, it'll grow. Thank you for being so serious, Scotty. Call me Pliskin. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know this podcast is for you and about you. And I send my love to you all. Take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.